0: tuesday episode of the tony g show this is week three now right mm-hmm. the tony g show week three wow we are cruising right along in season seven and this new week will it also means we have another tony g show
1: interviews here we go
0: it won't release until next week i don't think
1: not unless yeah. we're snappy with the editing and when i mean we i mean you yes because i don't do that
0: well i think for content purposes and and Advertising purposes, a Friday isn't the best day to release. Yeah, something like that. Maybe with people going back home for the weekend. I, I don't know. We'll I think it I up. think we're going to shoot for Monday though to release it. Point is, this is another week where Will and I are going to conduct the Tony G Show interviews. This time of SNC Women's Golfer Luca Kenyon. We thank Luca for agreeing to come around, and we've been friends of Luca's since freshman year. I mean, we've known her for a couple of years now. Oh yeah, so she's good. She'll it'll be fine. She'll be a good interview. Yep. We look forward to doing that. That'll be later this week that we record. And then we'll release that at some point next week, maybe even this week. I don't know. Well, I still got some thinking to do about that.
1: How was your weekend, Will? It was good. Tony, how's yours? It was great. Yeah. How'd you golf today? Terribly. Uh, it was you not good. Are on a trajectory towards the surface? It's been bit. like negative growth. Uh, it's. <laughs> it I, hit has really, been. I hit really. I hit really well. has been. I remember like the first day I was hitting like straight down the fairway, and now I it's do like. Now it's like I shoot it. It's like my <laughs> ball. My ball's got like a heat seeking for like. The rough or trees, or trees, <laughs> trees, especially
0: <laughs> remember from last Tony G show. Okay, this is going to be like a reoccurring theme where we revisit
1: the golf game of Will McCormick.
0: And this is something we can touch on with Luca. I can't wait to talk golf with her. Yeah, that'll be fun.
1: Maybe we should do like a little head to head action. Yeah,
0: I don't know how that would make for you know, rated podcast, but ASMR maybe can't say <laughs> play by play. So, a couple swings today that Will took. Uh, two consecutive <laughs> this wasn't on the range remember last tony gisha we were on the range and he found the tree on the other side of the driving <laughs> range and clocked it
1: this was on
0: hole 3 down it what's this place called i can never remember highland Um, ridge. High, ridge. High, ridge. high ridge high ridge i'm sure highland high ridge golf course okay they close at the end of the month so the golf game updates are going to stop pretty soon but regardless hole 3 there's a set of trees Next to the, what's it called? The, the, the tee box? The tee box. The tee box. Oh, okay. We know golf. Yeah, sure. Next to the tee box is a row of trees. Will McCormick takes one swing. About five feet away. I think you're giving yourself a little bit here. And he puts it maybe 15, 20 yards off the tree and back onto the course. <laughs> now, granted, it's like 15 yards, so it's not far enough to be considered no. a fairway. But it's like right in front of us. So he goes, picks it up. I take a swing. The first swing, whiff terribly, <laughs> rolls off the tee like. <laughs> the second swing, I absolutely bomb. I mean, this is like one of the better drives I've had. Yeah, straight, far, Mm-hmm. just like I coach you to do. I mean, hole three takes a bend towards the right, and I hit it like off of the fairway, just a, a ways onto the rough. It was a good hit. It was a good hit. So then Will McCormack follows up his 15-yard smash with maybe a 10-yard smash off the tree again. Like the same exact thing <laughs> happened. It went off the tree and onto the middle, like right in front of the tee box. Uh, not on the fairway.
1: Not, not driving's out. not the. It's not the good part of my game. I really don't know I what is that. yet. But it's not driving. You're the short gamer. Kind of am. You are. You had a couple nice, <sharp> couple good chips. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Got to tighten up the screws here.
0: Yeah, we'll. You know, get this off season mm-hmm. under your belt through the winter and get I'll back. I'll probably in
1: never March. golf again. No, you'll never pick up. I know you. Uh, you're not a golfer. Ugh. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. I'm, I'm glad I tried it. Yeah, good good, good stuff. It is fun. It
0: is fun. We do have a good time out there. Mm-hmm. But that is coming to a close again. Yeah. So the Will McCormick golf updates will probably stop soon. Let's get to this episode. Do we even have an episode today? I mean, nah, I don't think so. I feel like we'll just talk like this all day and <laughs> consider it an episode. <laughs> Segment number one, we're going to talk about. I was going back and forth in my head, Should we do NFC North? I think we'll save that till Thursday. Should we talk about quarterbacks because I have a couple that I want to talk about, or should we and so I decided to do this. There's a couple different segments bouncing around in my head for segment number one, but we'll go with this. How long is it actually going to take for the New York Jets to be good? Like how long is it going to be? How long is this process going to take? Because right now, wow, they are bad will mm-hmm. Second segment, this is one that I was going to go football here, but a news story broke out today before we we are recording this Tony G show about Ben Simmons and him wanting out of Philadelphia. So we're going to talk about his qualifications. We're going to talk about if he's overrated, if he's underrated, if he's properly rated. And we're going to talk about is this something that we're going to see more of from professional athletes, this holding out until they get what they want from their teams? Because we've seen it a lot lately. One specific example is the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. So is this something we're going to see a little bit more of in the future? And then the third and final segment, we're going to recap Tony G's Picks of the Week. Uh, I think my worst week ever. <laughs> the worst week I've ever had on Tony G's
1: Picks of the Week. It's all right. At least, well, you could technically do worse. I could, yes. But there should be, like, all it should be is up from here. You would think. I'm not it's not the only way to go, but it's like, like
0: let's get, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to be this bad. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll talk about how bad I did. And look forward to the future of Tony G's picks of the week. Been a long intro so far. What do you say we just get into it, well? Sounds good. Alright, Tony G Show. You're listening to the Tony G Show now in its seventh season. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Also on Instagram at Tony G. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. How long is it going to take for the New York Jets to be at a competitive level? How long is it actually going to be for them to be good? Because they are far from it right now. Far from it on all facets. And specifically, starting with their... I mean, we're going to talk about the team on a full scale here. But I want to start with the quarterback, of course. The play of Zach Wilson. It's been abysmal... So far, well, mm-hmm. just coming off of this weekend, four interceptions. Four interceptions. He did that again just this Sunday against the New England Patriots, who got the one twenty-five to six, knocking the Jets to zero and two on the season so far. It's been a rough, rough couple of games for Zach Wilson. Completion percentage under sixty percent in both games. At mm, almost I, not. Even 500 yards so far. Which isn't uncommon. I mean, he's not supposed to be thrown for 1,000 yards through two games. I, but the numbers are just not as impressive. Quarterback rating of 56.1.
1: <sighs> Ooh, that's pretty rough.
0: Now granted, game, week one was against the Panthers, who are now two and0, just beat the Saints pretty solid handily in week two. Saints team coming off a big win over the Packers. So maybe the Panthers are better than we are taking them to be. And then, of course, the Patriots are the Patriots, always good, always competitive. Mm-hmm. And I think that really got to Zach Wilson. So here's an argument that I want to make. These mistakes by Zach Wilson are, of course, because he's a rookie, of course, because he's young, of course, because he hasn't figured out how defenses in the NFL truly work yet. He hasn't gotten that experience under his belt. That's not uncommon for a rookie to struggle like this. And granted, it is just two weeks. He could pick it up. I think for Zach Wilson, though, specific we, we can't draw too much out of this performance against the Patriots because this is something the Patriots do week after week, season after season, is they know when they have a young quarterback on the upcoming schedule. They plan for that. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick, the defensive-minded coach that he is, knows how to pressure a quarterback, knows how to rush him, knows how to get him out of his element, knows how to not let him get into a rhythm, bringing pressure, disguising pressure, different secondary looks. I mean, there's different ways that he throws off a young quarterback. He's not going to throw off an Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to throw off, granted he's not in the league anymore, Drew Brees. He's not going to throw off these experienced guys Mm -hmm. because they've seen these looks. They know what's coming. So he has to do it in a different way, Bill Belichick does with his defense, attacking these quarterbacks. And it's not something that he is as keen to doing against more experienced quarterbacks. It's something that he has to get a little more creative with, and he does that on a week-to-week basis depending on who he's facing. Young quarterbacks, though, the formula remains consistent. Pressure them. Mm-hmm. Get them out of their comfort zone. Especially when they don't have a well-built team around them. Like Yes, especially when they're a developing team. Yeah. Force them into situations That is unfavorable to them because they have to be almost perfect to get themselves out of it and win a football game. That's just not going to happen. It's not, especially in this scenario with the New York Jets. We mentioned that they're kind of rebuilding, and we take a look at this depth chart, and there's some names on this offense. I like their offense, who they're trying to put around Zach Wilson, but their defense right now I think is a little unimpressive. Mm Mm-hmm. Most notable names among starters are Quinn and Williams, the defensive lineman, CJ Mosley, the linebacker, even Jamie and Sherwood, another linebacker. Going to their secondary, maybe a recognizable name in Marcus May, Bryce Hall. Right? Other than that, though, it's like it's, there's just no yeah. weight to this defense. There's no fear to it. Mm-hmm. You don't see anybody and go, oh my goodness, we're going to face Quinn and Williams this week. You know, it's not like right. Dominick Kunsu or Aaron Donald. It's not, oh, we got. Uh, Malcolm Butler as a linebacker that we got to face and try to beat. There's just no one here that
1: really scares you. It's kind of, it, they feel like the Knicks to me. Why is that? I don't know. I just feel like they're like an average. <laughs> you know, like they just, it's kind of, I mean, they're both from New York, but.
0: Yeah. I think it's a good comparison. Yeah. I think
1: why you're saying that
0: is because the Knicks are known for kind of uh, not competing, not being yeah. good. That's what
1: I mean. Like they're like the Knicks.
0: Trying to rebuild, NFL. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They have, they have, like, they're making the right steps. Like, I feel like Wilson isn't a bad quarterback, but sure. yeah, it's only been two games, so it's hard to say. Correct that he's good or bad. If you look at the numbers, he looks pretty bad. <laughs> looks, but, uh, pretty terrible. But if you look at like, f- for instance, Sam Darnold, who was an ex-Jet, um, so far in the season, he has sixty-eight point five percent completion, a, a QBR or, or a quarterback rating of a hundred point, hundred point five. Which, above average. in the last three years, in 2020, he averaged 72. 2019, he averaged 84. And in 2018, he averaged a uh, rating of 77. So if he continues this trajectory with the Panthers, I mean, that's significant improvement over the last three years. So is it just, it's obviously the team. It has like, to be. It has to be people the team. Were, people were quitting on Sam Darnold. Early last
0: year, saying that he, I don't think it's a Sam Darnold thing. No, no, I'm not saying because he hasn't shown me anything to say that he's going to be a starter for the next five, ten years. He's a franchise guy. Yeah, I haven't seen anything from him to really, besides you know, a couple of good throws that you see on right. highlight reels on social media or this or that. But besides that, I don't see anything from Sam. D- I don't see much of leadership either. I don't see much of fan. I don't want to say interaction because it's not the right word, but I don't see much. Of fans buying into Sam Darnold. Because but I think everybody is on the same page with him that he's not someone who's going to win you a championship.
1: No, I guess my point is just that there's significant improvement in his play, at least when we're looking at two games of Since this year. So that's not a good, it's not a fair comparison yep. looking at three complete years to one year with two games in it. But that's still on a trajectory that's better than the last three years.
0: I think it's worth noting. I think it's worth noting because yeah. he's. I mean, no one expected the Panthers to be good. No one expected Sam Bernard right. to be playing at this level. And especially what the Panthers just did to the Saints. I think it is worth noting. Yeah. But to tie this back into the Jets, it's a team thing. It's a team atmosphere. And Adam Gase, I think, has played a, little, a huge part in that for the last couple of years. I think that that's been a he- I was out on Adam Gase from his press conference that he did when he got hired. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were. I don't know what was going on with that, but it was just a little, it was fishy. I think that's the right word to call it. This whole Adam Gase experiment that they had for the last couple of seasons was fishy. I don't know what was up with that hire. I don't know what they saw in him. It came from the Dolphins, so mm-hmm. maybe he did nothing sufficient there, nothing that stood out in Miami that was like, we need to go get Adam Gase. <laughs> I, so I don't understand. That whole experiment, the whole Adam Gase experiment was fishy to me. Robert Sala. And this is a conversation you and I have quite frequently on this show. Will Robert Sala, defensive-minded coach, was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers for the last couple of seasons. Really made his name heard there because they had a great defense. Mm-hmm. Granted, they've had lots of talent, but it's also been in part of because of his uh, energy, in part of because of his knowledge, because of his ability to coach. And so he went out, tried to get a head coaching job, and did so here in New York. And I think it's—I'm not saying it's the wrong hire. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that. I do like Robert Sala as a head coach. But if you're going to develop a young quarterback, something, again, that Will and I have talked about on numerous occasions on the Tony G Show, if you're going to build a roster around a young quarterback, Will and I favor that you get an offensive-minded coach. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not trying to rebuild, you're just trying to get back to a competitive level. Look what the Packers did. They went out and got an offensive-minded coach for Aaron Rodgers, an experienced talented quarterback who is going to be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. But still, the compliment, his knowledge of the game, and the way he sees defenses and the way he runs an offense with an offensive-minded coach was huge. Back-to-back 13-3 and three seasons in Green Bay. So I think the key, defense wins your championships. So you need to have that figured out. But I think the key to really competing in your division and into the playoffs is an offensive-minded coach. And this is something we've talked about before. I'm not saying that it won't work with Robert Sala in New York. But if you're going to build Zach Wilson, you want a little more talent around him in the coaching department, in the personnel department, which is something that he doesn't really have. Big names on offense, okay, wide receivers of Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, two young guys that I really do buy into. Mm -hmm. Elijah Moore, also buy into him, hard not to. But then you look at tight ends, Tyler Croft, Ryan Griffin, Daniel Brown. You look at the offensive line. Any name worth mentioning, maybe Greg Van Roten. Other than that, I don't think anybody worth buying into. Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter out of the backfield. Like, there's nobody there right. yet. And, you know, what can you do? You only get so many draft picks. So it's hard. It's hard to build a team. But the case in New York, again, to answer this question, how
1: long is it going to be till they're good? Oh, man. It could I, be a while. Yeah. It's, it could it's, it's be kinda, a while. It, it's weird because they draft these young quarterbacks a lot of promise and that I'd mentioned Sam Darnold and I think he's playing better than he had in the last three years he ever did with the Jets and it seems like they're in this cycle of drafting a young quarterback with a lot of promise make some good plays and they just don't they can't find those pieces to build a solid team around them and then they pin, they pin that like bad performance on that quarterback then they just go and draft a new young guy and then they don't build it's just like they can't find the right guys to support it's To me, it's a team issue. It's not talent at the quarterback level because, yeah, you could find a Aaron Rodgers-esque guy that can pull a whole team up like that, but those are hard to come by. Yeah, you don't just find those on the street.
0: Yeah. And I think the, uh, the point that you're ultimately making here is that, again, to tie into the discussion, how long will it take looking toward the future? If they don't put pieces, if they just kind of do the – throw their hands in the air while we tried and get rid of Zach Wilson and go on to the next quarterback. I mean, it's just something that's not going to work. It's like the Cleveland Browns, how they went through all these quarterbacks right. in this short, granted it was like two decades, span of time, but you know, the point is that they went through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, first-round pick after first-round pick after first-round pick, first pick at the quarterback position, and it didn't work, and they threw their hands up and tried to get a new one. The Jets are in danger of falling in that same category mm-hmm. because they, you can go from average to above-average quarterback, average to above average quarterback talent and go quarterback to quarterback to quarterback but it won't work if you don't put these pieces around them and build your offense carefully carefully being the key word here so they selected to go with a defensive-minded coach not saying that's not valuable there's certainly enough to be said about defensive-minded quarter head coaches excuse me in the nfl bill belichick's one of them certainly enough to be said But I think the Jets' situation is just a little bit more strenuous, a little bit more touchy, because they are in danger of falling down a black hole. Mm -hmm. And many of their fans already have committed to the fact that they have fallen down this black hole. They won't be competitive for a long time. Ever since the Mark Sanchez days, I think that was the last quarterback to take him to the playoffs, they've had practically nothing there, even trying out a Tim Tebow experiment. I mean, you have to build around these guys carefully. I would have liked to see an offensive-minded head coach in New York. They obviously didn't go that way. We'll see how they can build and move forward. Let's talk about the division now. This AFC East. Dolphins, not that good of a team. Bills, a good team. good, good team. team. Patriots are kind of this in-between team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got talent, they got coaching. But ever since Tom Brady left, they haven't really been the same Patriots that we know. So the division is kind of, I don't want to say up for grabs, because it's probably going to be the Bills who come out victorious here. And Patriots are going to be second. And then Dolphins, especially after this Tua injury, and Jets are going to be battling for third and fourth place. I think, though, in a couple years, it's going to be a very competitive division. Of course, the Bills, Patriots have decided to build around Mac Jones. They got Cam Newton out of there. They're going to build around Jones. So they're going to be a competitive team. I think there's potential in Miami. They have a lot of wide receiver talent. Mm-hmm. They have quarterback talent. Of course, Tua, who was, of course, left week two injured. Mentioned that earlier. I like their defense. I'm not saying that they're a championship quality defense. I'm not saying they're a division-winning defense. But I like, I like their defense. I think they have an all-right scheme and plan to win some games. I don't think it's going to win them a championship or a division. But in a couple years, maybe. So I like what they're doing in Miami. I can mm-hmm. I see potential for them. Uh, the New York Jets, though, if they don't get things corrected and soon, if they don't get Zach Wilson some snaps. These snaps are incredibly valuable to him at this stage of his yeah. career. incredibly valuable to get him this experience to show him what NFL defenses are like. The throws he made on Saturday, or excuse me, on Sunday, were just Saturday throws. You know what I mean? They were like he was still at BYU trying to make things happen mm-hmm. against young defenses, all against. Kids
1: his age. it just doesn't work on Sunday. Yeah. Just,
0: it's not the same
1: thing. He's got to develop yet. He's got a lot of Absolutely. growth ahead of him. But also I think what's going to be telling is they're not going to win this year. They're not going to be competitive. Correct. It'll be this free agency coming up and seeing what pieces they can find to make them that much more of a, a stable team to have to you know wager in the fact that he's going to make some mistakes still. there's That's still going to happen probably for the next two to three years. Could be, yeah. But you, if they can find those pieces that kind of help to build in that cushion, then, then that's okay, and they can be competitive.
0: I think I want to work against one detail in, in what you said. I think it's all right to, to take this year to develop. That's what I'm saying. And then maybe next year. Yeah.
1: But two to three, like this third year,
0: well, we need to be
1: Because let's look at the trajectory that, now of how well, quarterbacks develop. I'm saying that it's with quicker than before. Yeah, I'm saying that with the implication of that he's getting better you know, two to three years down the road, he's like that's getting yeah, less right. and less to be an issue. Yep. And if they can find those pieces, like finding a good pass rush and something to keep yep. the offense you know, from having to, to rely on the offense to score every drive, yep. then that's where like they build in that cushion. And then as his play gets better, two to three years down the road, that's I don't I didn't artic- articulate that well, but that's, that's kind of right. yeah.
0: I th- I think the idea here is that they're not going to compete this year. No. Let's look at their upcoming schedule again. Oh, and two already. Look at their upcoming schedule. In Denver, Denver's 2-0, playing well this year. It's probably a loss. At home against the Titans, that's a loss. On the road in Atlanta, that's going to be a tough place to play Mm -hmm. for a Jets team. I don't like Atlanta. I think they're a bad team, bad run organization. We should do a piece on them sometime soon. But the Jets, maybe that's their best chance to win in the next four weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that might be their first win. They're going to be 0-4 heading into that week and might fall to 0-5. On the road in New England, loss. At home against Cincinnati, I do like them better than the New York Jets. Loss for the Jets. On the road, Colts. This is a primetime game, November 4th, 720. Loss, right? Let's just go loss. Jets at home against the Bills, loss. At home against the Dolphins, that might be a good game. Maybe their second, third win. On the road against Houston, maybe their second to fourth win. At home against Philly. At home against New Orleans, on the road, Miami, at home against Jacksonville, at home against Tampa, on the road against
1: Buffalo. Maybe they
0: win four games this year. I just, uh, not impressive.
1: Is this King of Queens on TV right now? Yes, it is. They're at a Jets game.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that something? Tony G Studios. I just kind of looked over. I was like, look at that. There's no sports on at this current moment. So we do No.
1: The sitcom,
0: my favorite sitcom ever. The I've
1: st- never watched an episode.
0: Sticker of it right here on the back of the laptop <laughs> for Tony G.
1: I said to point that out, I thought it was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. It, I was doing
1: some research, I was like, what show is this? Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> as Jets came, weird how that works out. Yeah. Uh, I think they sucked back then too. <laughs> Late 90s, I don't think they were very competitive either. So, point is, to this season, going through the, maybe they win four games, maybe five. Let's say five high end, they're five and what's this, how many games they play this year, 17, five and 12?
1: That's stretching it, maybe. That's, yeah. I don't it's, know. Maybe That's being generous. Maybe maybe no, Wilson's. No, there's no maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> and over till it's over. Okay.
0: I like your optimism for the New York Jets, but they suck. So that is uh, segment number one, talking about the Jets being at a competitive level. Are they ever really going to get there? I don't know. And again, before we move on, I just want to reiterate this point. I don't think I talked about this enough because we just briefly mentioned it. The time span for quarterbacks to start to compete after they are drafted has moved from developing them like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Steve Young even back in the day, has moved from having them sit for three, four seasons, and gone from having them sit for maybe a game, two games, before they get thrown into the starting position. And then they have, the, the clock starts ticking from that moment on. They have one Maybe, maybe two seasons to make it work before a team's going to give up on them. Mm -hmm. Look at Sam Darnold. Look at anybody the Bears have drafted before (laughs) Baker Mayfield. Right. It's starting to get to this point where we're not going to take time to develop this. You're either good or we're going to go find somebody who is. There's no more sense. Look at Justin Fields in Chicago. I mean, how many games was it before he was... He was in maybe the second drive of the season. Granted, they tried to do the two-quarterback thing. Andy Dalton's injured now. Matt Nagy's still reluctant to go to Justin Fields full-time. But like, if this was a better run organization than the Bears because they're the Bears, then Justin Fields would be in starting quarterback as a rookie. And his clock would begin to tick on the value. Sam Darnold's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Didn't work for two, maybe three seasons. We're going to go get a new head coach as well as a new quarterback. Why? Just because.
1: Yeah, I don't really... Clock is running. I don't really think Sam... At this point, you can't say Sam Darnold is a worse quarterback than Zach Wilson. No. Yeah. At least at least we can't... I mean, there's no... Statistically, no. Statistically, there's no comparison. Yeah. So, like, talent-wise and, and ceiling-wise, probably. There's probably a higher ceiling for Zach Wilson. But yeah, right now, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't yeah. see the point in switching quarterbacks that often. I think yeah. Darnold's a... Perfectly perfectly usable quarterback. Well, and just to talk about this ticking time
0: clock that these quarterbacks have when they're drafted, I think the clock is running on Tua. This is his second season, showing a little bit of signs of injury. With Was a concern when he got drafted
1: was how susceptible he was to injury. I think the Tennessee Titans are kind of a case study of this. Yeah. How many quarterbacks could you pick out and put them in that offense? That would be just fine. Tua could handle that. Zach Wilson. Tennessee. Yeah, okay. throwing him in Tennessee's offense. Yep. Sam Darnold would be fine. Teddy Bridgewater would do that just fine. You just yeah. There's the like ball there's off like make a good thrower. Yeah. So often. there's a hundred quarterbacks that could do that. Yes, it's all about building that team. I I'd really think that That's a good point. the Jets just don't do that.
0: It's all about the offensive scheme and the team around them. Yeah, there was no offensive scheme. <laughs> was no offensive scheme under Adam Gase. No, uh, brutal head coach, brutal NFL coach. I think I said on the Tony G show a couple seasons ago that he needs to lose his job and get a regular job. Like, he needs to be in a cubicle for the rest of his life. Because on the football field, he can't make it work. There's just no chance. Sorry, Adam, but...
1: I know he's a frequent listener.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I hope we don't lose your listen, Adam, but... Yeah. Yeah, come on, man. You deserve to be in a cubicle for the rest of your life. Let's move on to this conversation. I want to have this talk. I think it's important to have this discussion. This wasn't initially slotted in... To the Tony G Show. It was a late start. The other segment was a scratch. Late scratch. <laughs> Do you get it? Like a lineup?
1: Oh, there, yeah, a yeah, player's going to be in a yep. lineup and then they're late scratch? Yeah. Uh, okay. I that went over my
0: head. Joke missed. All right. So this segment, too, was not supposed to be in the Tony G Show. But when I got this notification, I was just inclined to talk about it for so many reasons. And we'll dive into it. Ben Simmons officially wants out of Philadelphia. This is per ESPN. He does not intend to play another game in Philadelphia, ever. He wants out, and he wants out yesterday. And ever since they lost in the playoffs, you could kind of see things start to grow and cultivate towards this idea that maybe there's a little bit of tension between Ben Simmons and the the, the 76ers. I think there was underlying tension kind of all year long. I don't think Ben Simmons is really a fit for the 76ers. And it's easy to say now, sitting back and looking at it. Yeah. I think that they, it's not what they needed. You know, it's not a need that they needed to have Ben Simmons, big man rebounder. So is Ben Simmons overrated? Is he properly rated? Is he underrated? Where is he going to go? What, what's the future for Ben Simmons?
1: You know what I wonder, too, is I think he might need an organization that supports him rather than, like, Kind of trashes him. You, I hold that same that belief, sense?
0: but I think it's the market.
1: Yes, so he's not going to survive in Philly because
0: it's Philly and they're hard-nosed. They're, right. Maybe he needs to find like a Utah, or maybe he needs to find like a. Hmm, I'm trying to think of a team that would be a good fit for him. That's not a volatile it's, market. Right. That's maybe what, Oklahoma City,
1: because Philly's pretty brutal. Yeah, they, they, and I. He's no. not going to fit in the Knicks. He's not yeah. going to fit into the Nets. They're just cut cutthroat kind of fan base. Yes, and that's just how and they the market. are. Right. And, and the market. market does cultivate
0: how a team thinks about their players.
1: Yeah. They can say and it doesn't all
0: they want, but I mean, these teams listen. I and especially in these volatile, the, these hot markets, they listen.
1: And I guess to answer your question, I feel like he's appropriately rated right now. Okay. I feel like he has a lot of slander to his name that he probably has the ability to play higher than he has in the last couple, you know, big moments in his career. But I think what will be best for him is a. Like a 6 man kind of role, I I almost agree with that. Where he's not on the floor that he, he's he's playing a decent amount. Yeah, but he's not like the guy.
0: I almost agree with that, and here's why I almost do, but not fully, because just from the Ben Simmons perspective, is he's not going to look for that. It's you're no, probably right no. from an outside perspective. He would probably not be. I don't see many leadership qualities in him. I don't see many fan and. Engagement in him, I don't see much him as much of a community person. Now, granted, he probably has a couple associations that he's affiliated with that help out communities in some sorts of way, but he's just not a community. He's not a franchise guy. You're not going to build around a Ben especially now, and knowing who he is.
1: And I feel like at this point too, it's almost a confidence thing. Like he needs to play a role where there's not as much responsibility, but he has the ability to play and make a huge impact. And then once he kind of finds that confidence in his play again, then you can start kind of reinstituting him into, like, a full-time role. because so I think he has, like, he's that kind of player that can definitely do that, but he almost needs to have the ability to, to, to play and make big plays but not have the responsibility of being in the starting five.
0: Right. I think to this discussion, Will, I think it's important to bring up Markel Fultz. Mm-hmm. You talk about confidence. Markel Fultz is a guy who practically forgot how to play basketball with the 76ers and then had to move on, play elsewhere, Orlando and such. Markel Fultz was a guy that just lost it. He got the yips in Philly, again,
1: probably because of this market, which affects the confidence, which is probably something we're seeing out of Ben Simmons. So, say, is this a symptom of the 76ers? Like, is this like. Is is this a market problem? Is it like. If everyone else around me is crazy, but I'm not crazy, am I the crazy one? Right. Could be. Joel seems to like the fit in Philly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's certain players that probably fit that role just fine. Yep. But, like, to the player who kind of needs, like, a fan base that kind of like builds you up. I don't think the 76ers are quite that fan base. I don't think so. Not close, actually. And you want to talk about
0: confidence. Ben Simmons has not been playing like a fully confident man, especially from three-point range. No. I don't think he, I think he's properly rated. I think people know his struggles, where his faults are, where his weaknesses are, and where his strengths are. Mm -hmm. Through his first four seasons in Philadelphia, he has averaged 16 points, eight rebounds, about eight assists as well. Here's the struggle, though. Here's where the, the weakness lies, and everybody knows it. It's a glaring issue. He shot 14.7% from three-point range in his career. Yeah, that's pretty rough. The NBA average is consistently, year after year, probably 35 to 36% from three-point range, year after year. Ben Simmons,
1: 14.7%, Will. So, it's one of these issues that everybody knows this is where he struggles. And for reference, Giannis is shooting about 28.7%.
0: And th- this has even been an issue with Giannis. The but, fact that.
1: So, that's like significantly worse. It's, uh, it's a terrible average. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like
0: me at the YMCA average. Like, it's,
1: it's not good. Especially in a league that's, you know, right now we're in like this big man era, as they say, but it's still dominated by shooters. There are still oh, shooters,
0: you have to have shooters on your mm-hmm. team. So I think everybody knows that's not his M.O. He could develop that a little bit more and increase his value. But at the stage he's at, because he's asking for a a trade now, not years down the road when he's better and improves this, which he still could be. He's only 25 years old, Will. Right. Three-time All-Star, two-time All-Defense. So All right. I think he could increase his value a little more. There's definitely that space and potential to increase his worth on the court. But right now, as it's looking – uh, does he have this leverage, do you think, to ask for a trade, to sit out, to say, I'm never going to play a game for Philadelphia again? I don't know about that. I don't know. And, of course, this is something that we're seeing more, and we'll talk about this as we uh, progress through the show and this segment in particular. I, I don't see much out of Ben Simmons to be like, I, I'm going to sit out. He can request a trade. He's well within mm-hmm. his rights to do that, but yeah. if the 76ers don't want to, Right. Which, of course, I'm sure that they would. And this is just a conversation in the hypothetical. Because uh, Sixers coach Doc Rivers refused to quantify Simmons as a championship-level point guard, too, by the way. Don't forget that. After they were bounced from the postseason. He had no comment to a reporter asking him if Ben Simmons was a championship-level
1: point guard. Which is exactly what I'm—that just proves my point, that whether or not Doc Rivers thinks that he is— I think he is one of those players that needs support. Yeah. And to have your coach publicly not support you like that, whether or not he thinks he is or not, that's one of those scenarios where you got to say, of course I do. Just say the right thing. It's like the noble lie. Everybody knows that he probably isn't. But you sure. need to show that you have trust in your guys. And that's just like, again, that's like one of those confidence things. If your coach can't even say that, then, it's, then you start to like worry about that more. I think it's like this perpetuating issue of confidence for him. and I, I don't think he's a, he's a serviceable player. Certainly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Two-time All-Defense. Right. Absolutely. I think it's going to be finding that fan base, but that may not even happen. Is this something... You know, What this does to sports in the market that it's
0: in, though. Is this something we're going to see more from professional athletes? Them sitting out? Ever since Le'Veon Bell with the Steelers. It seems like this has been a reoccurring theme. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers has been a big one where he threatened to sit out. Um, did for training camp and then got into preseason and started playing a little bit more. That's the most recent example. Now Ben Simmons threatening to sit out. Is this something we're going to see more moving forward? I think so. I think for sure. Athletes probably... I The theme with athletes is follow the leader. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm not saying on field, on court ability follow the leader. I'm saying... In terms of leveraging your contracts, in terms of leveraging yourself as a player against teams and in the market, it's follow the leader. Okay, so if one player is going to sit out, I'm going to sit out if I find myself in a similar position. If one player is going to ask for this exuberant amount of money, maybe a Supermax, just for example, I figure myself to be on that same level. I bring in the same revenue for the organization that I play and participate with. I'm going to ask for that Supermax contract. So I think it's a follow the leader type thing. This is certainly something that's going to be prevalent in the future. Yeah, sitting out, not playing, and it's some It's different with baseball because baseball. Remember the Manny Machado, Bryce Harper thing. They didn't get signed until like February and March, right? Went all season without finding a home. I think so it's the, a little different there, but
1: yeah, I think the other question could be asked here is: Do you think we'll see some sort of rules come out that prevent this kind of stuff from happening? Because that. Would be interesting.
0: I don't think so because there are player associations, which you know is essentially a union, the players' union, yeah. to speak on their behalf. And the union wouldn't allow for the league itself to hold that much power. It's kind of like, and I don't think we've ever gotten political on the Tony G show before, but it's almost like the government and states. Yeah. The states hold the power. The players hold the power. But the government, or in this case, the teams, or the, or, or the league, I suppose excuse me the league also holds power but cannot overthrow the power of the state in certain situations
1: it's an interesting dynamic it, it is. is yeah it certainly is because if if you
0: piss off the union players aren't going to play right they're not going to come on they're just they'll just hold out mm-hmm. and then you have MLB in what year was that 94 95 when they when Some, was a, yeah are you gonna get, I hardly remember it. Or you're, <laughs> yeah, Will and I, we're not born. Or you're going to get the NFL referee holdout yeah. of a few years ago where referees didn't get paid like they wanted to for their level of work. So they held out, and you had sub-in officials who came in from only Lord knows where. Blow some major calls. And blow some major calls a fail Mary in you know, one particular case. But, I mean, all around the league. And so then you're going to end up making that change anyway. So the point here being the states, the players, and the player union, they have the power. They have the final say. Now, granted, they can't make – but they can't make any changes. They can't say have anything done without the power of the government, right. without the power of the league. But so it's I an mean, interesting dynamic. But we're seeing,
1: we're seeing scenarios where they add another game to the season, and there was clear – disapproval by that's the true. by the players union and they went through with it anyways mm-hmm. so like that's what i'm saying like i I could just could see maybe something i mean there was almost uniform disagreement from players yes saying we don't want more games and the nfl was like too bad <laughs> so <laughs> too bad so you got one. that's one of those that's it, it is you're right there is a dynamic there that we have to observe but if there's something that happens for, i mean this is gonna come to the point where every player starts doing this yeah and then yes. it's like, we're going to have no names being like, well, I'm not going to play unless I get paid. Which in that case, it's like, all right, well, we'll see you later then. Yeah. But it's going to be but annoying. it throws
0: off the relationship between player and team. And yeah, it's going to get annoying. Yeah, we'll see how uh, it develops in the future. We'll see where Ben Simmons plays in the future. He yeah. needs to find a better market for him.
1: Do we recap? I think we end the show here. I don't want to recap Tony G's Picks of the Week. Uh, I think you have to, Tony. You just got to rip it off like a Band-Aid.
0: All right, ripping off the Band-Aid. Here we go. Uh, Tony G's Picks of the Week. Came into this week, two and three. Thursday night looked good. Giants, Washington football team. I said Washington football team 24 13. They did get the win 30 29. Very close game. That close mm-hmm. to having another one wrong. Bengals Bears. I said Bengals 21 17. Almost got the score right. Final score was 20 17, but the Bears got the win. Hey. Okay, lost one. Sunday afternoon, Cowboys at Chargers. I said not too many teams go into Los Angeles and play well against that Chargers defense. Cowboys didn't really, but they still scathed the way of victory. I said Chargers
1: win. Cowboys got the win in 2017. To be fair, if it wasn't for the refs, you probably would have been right. Could be. I digress. There's a couple situations like that.
0: Sunday night football, Chiefs-Ravens. I said Chiefs, 38-28. Ravens, I thought they couldn't finish. Chiefs can't finish. That's what I said. Uh, What do you know? Ravens got the win, (laughs) (laughs) 36-35. Okay. Come on, Tony. Here we go. Monday Night Football. I I did this to myself. I said Lions-Packers, both teams had struggled coming into this week. I said there's going to be a tie. I said if it's not a tie, I will take the loss. That's how confident I was. Uh, Packers got the win, 35-17. 1-4 1-4 Rough roughly. Tony week. G's Picks of the Week. Almost 0-5, Will, if it wasn't yeah. for that Thursday night scathed
1: victory from the Washington football team. Like I said at the start of the episode, there's not much worse you could do.
0: Yes. So don't, like, like You lose one more game, you're 0-5. So I've never been 0-5 in Tony G's Picks of the Week. Not on wood.
1: Yeah, let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. I think next week we'll go 5-0. and How about that?
0: I've said that coming into the last 15 weeks that I've...
1: So Great. what's your what's your overall on the on the year so far?
0: I am after this one and four week. I am now three and seven, Oof. bringing my career total to seventy four and fifty three. I mean that that loss column is increasing on me. Very, it's closing. It's getting it. exponential. <laughs> you're
1: looking at like, something. You're looking like the Jets over here.
0: That's uncalled for. That i Where did that come from? Did well, I deserve it, that in your heart? In your heart of hearts, did I deserve that? No. No. Jets, really?
1: Well, you got to prove me wrong, Tony. Like I, I said, mean,
0: it's one thing if you call me the Rams, start off high. I said
1: and then looking like short, doesn't mean that you are.
0: It's one thing to say you look like you have the, Ravens, the facade. Have a great regular season, fall short in the postseason. But to call me the Jets, the New York Jets.
1: I said looking like you have the facade of it right now. Oh, great! We got, we got to look. We got to look so I'm deeper. Not fat, but I look fat. Thanks. Paul. No.
0: <laughs> Golly, who hired this kid?
1: I'm paid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah okay okay well yeah rough week three and seven
1: all right what did we see this week will what do you think terms of football in general yep
0: mm,
1: i don't know Intr- i i really liked the uh the ravens game was interesting although i went to bed early and i didn't <laughs> catch the end of it and i'm kind of so mad i did
0: it was a very good game
1: it was a good game yeah so lamar played night. yeah lamar played better than i thought he would i don't know
0: he did He started the game off with an interception. Pick six. Yeah, bad. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. But Then the Ravens came back, man.
1: Strong. I just kind of realized that Patrick Mahomes, he won the MVP in 2018. That feels like it was two years ago. Not the start of our college career. Wow. That's kind of crazy. Isn't that nuts? I feel old. I also feel old. I'm sad. Speaking of (laughs)
0: feeling old, already five episodes in the books of the Tony G Show. Man, we're moving. We're going to have episode number six. Thursday, mm-hmm. and then this bonus episode Tony G show interviews Luca Kenyon. That'll be out before the end
1: of September for sure. Super excited that's for that. That's part of our September series.
0: We are excited to have her on the show. That'll be great. Thanks again to Luca for. Uh, I'm
1: gonna have to talk up my golf skills. Yeah, or not. Just no, leave that, just leave that out. Yeah. So that's
0: aside. <laughs> <laughs> the sadness when we talk about guilt, the oh. golf. I mean, you should hear He's this bad. guy on the golf course. I hate this stupid sport. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I hit well, and I'm like, all right, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah.
0: Then you actually get one in the air, and you're like, I, okay. I can dig it. Yeah, That's and then what I, golf is, Will. And then Welcome
1: I, to the sport. And then I top it, you know, three times, four hits in a row. And <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. When you were in the rough on hole one, oh. wow. I told Will I'd never seen a ball go straight up and come straight down in a golf game before. <laughs> and that's what he did. And I mean, went about 2 feet in front of me. You must have clipped the top of it.
1: And then my drive on hole 2. <laughs> Both of them.
0: They were horrible. Oh no, that's oh. right.
1: Put it right in the drink. All my drives were terrible. I know it. <laughs> 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 I went yeah. 0 for 3. Ay ay ay. At least at least the uh, at least hole 1 went somewhat, you know, forward. Sure. I mean it wasn't <laughs> good. But it wasn't like ten yards in front of the in front of the. Uh, <laughs> At least it was in the air. Yeah. And we had to go walk to get it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you have know, to get out, get out the flippers and yeah. go dive around for you it. Nope, you didn't oh. have to get out the scuba gear. We'll do it again Thursday. Man, that no, yeah, was we'll only
0: show in the books, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you get out of here, man. I mean. All right.
1: I'm gonna go study.
0: Yeah, you got. I got homework to do too, man. It's uh, getting that time of year. <laughs> you aren't kidding we got a long way to go, too. All right, well, I'll see you Thursday. Tony G Nation, we'll see you Thursday. Have a good one. See you next time on The Tony G Show. Thanks for listening to The Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.